Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I love the idea of being bleeped. It sounds so chic. Hi, gay. Not that. Um, no, no, no. Yes. We've beaten that joke to death. It must stop. Like I, I Hi, lo- trans. Uh, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my fellow transes. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that jo- I love Meg Stalter. She's amazing. And also this new season of Hacks, like, very fun to watch her, you know. No, no, no. We are not talking about any media <laughs> because peeling back the curtain a little bit on the real lives of myself and Miss Frangela Toronto. Frangela. We are spending the month apart. Fran is in New York. I'm still in Los Angeles. And, you know, it's pride and we should be closer than ever. So we decided that, you know, we wanted to spend a little time together catching up over Zoom and figured, like, why not record it and make content out of it. Yeah. Uh, since that is what we've done with our entire relationship. Well, you know, obviously we protect a lot of our friendship as well, but like this was a moment where we're like, as a gift to the virgins, we want to bestow yes, on you because it's pride. a pride gift. And uh, we talked about like what this could look like and we mutually agreed, even though I violated the agreement immediately, we mutually agreed that this would be a non-news discussion. This is a key. Yes. Okay. This is a key. The, the girls, girls are girling. Yeah. We are just like two sisters catching up, talking about our lives. Yes. In a way that is very different from the other podcast in which we usually <laughs> catch up and talk about our lives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, the thing about having a key is um, you have to, like, go out and do stuff so you can later talk about it. 
And oh my god, that's gonna be really hard. <laughs> I know I was gonna say a bit of a chat. I didn't say it. I wasn't gonna be the one to say it, but you no, said but it. you. It was implied. It was, it was implied. It was implied. But like I did. Thankful, thankfully, I've had a very eventful week <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> same, same. I and we're also in. Um, this is usually the time when I would be in therapy, so I'm going to use this as an excuse to, um, you know, pour out personal yeah. details for. Thousands of people to listen yes, to. Yes, I'm happy to be your therapist. This is a, a lovely um, update in our relationship. Can we talk about the, the power of Adderall? Because Babe. so I'm trying to find a psychiatrist because like I've been feeling very unfocused. I'm working on a book right now and I need an Adderall prescription. Mm-hmm. Hopefully none of my potential psychiatrists are listening to this podcast <laughs> and will know that I've been getting um, my Freebies, Judy handouts. Fr- friend to give me... Uh, samples, if you samples. will, of Adderall. Samples, samples, And the other day, I slammed an Adderall, and when I tell you, I have never felt... I mean, obviously, like, I've used Adderall before, I've Vyvanse, like, everything, yeah, yeah. but I forgot just the power of, like, when you have something you need to get done, taking an Adderall and just, like, sitting down and just... Fucking blowing through it and knowing the whole time that you were a genius. Genius. No one in the world is more creatively talented than you Period. are. Period. I was, I was like, right. I was writing a couple chapters of the book I'm working on, and as I was writing, I was like speaking it and like typing the words. Sexy. Like that's, a, that's like a good process for me. And when I would finish a chapter, I would like read it all back, and I'd be like. Oh my God, you are fucking Joan Didion. You are J.K. Rowling. Like, you are it. I, isn't it amazing when you use Adderall for its, like, defined purpose as opposed to, you know, recreationally, like, snorting it at parties? Um, yeah, well, the first time the first time I ever did Adderall was also the first night I ever did cocaine. Ooh, which um, you notoriously I like, hate. I hate cocaine. But the first time I ever did both of them, I was in college, and there was this kid I went to school with who did have an overdose our first semester of college. He survived. But one night, he just like came over to my dorm room. We lived across the hall from each other. and was like, do you want to do cocaine? And I was like, okay. Sure. Like I'd never done it before. And so we did a bunch of lines of cocaine mixed with Adderall. And then he put on these ruby slipper platform shoes that he had. And we just walked around the block that our dorm was on for like six hours. Oh my god, that is honestly that makes me nervous. I I I I I don't even know. The first time I took Adderall, it was actually my prescription Adderall, so I don't have like a kind of crazy story. But I'm trying to think of the first time I did cocaine. I did feel like my heart was going to explode. <laughs> which I also the summer that. Four loco original recipe existed. Not original you know, when recipe. It was, when it was like before it was outlawed. Before they literally had to change the formula because it was getting people like too drunk and too hype. My friends and I used to like slam two four locos into an eight ball of cocaine oh, just to like go out or just like hang out and like talk. And you know when you do that like that cocaine talk where you're like, oh my God, I love you so much. Yes. We are the best friends in the world. Yes. We're going to be friends until we're 90. <laughs> you you are my sister. It's kind of Molly talk, but also a little Coke talk, I guess. Yeah, it's it's, it's talk. fast talk. It's fast talking. You're just it's like exchanging talk. ideas very fer- ferociously. Like sitting in someone's bedroom lit by a single like lamp and just talking about like a rolling in the deep, which had just come out. 
um, and talking about it for like eight hours. I think the first time I ever did coke was at the Diamond Horseshoe when they used to do this amazing club kid party that I can't even remember the name. Pretty Ugly? Yes, Pretty Ugly. That was like, I mean, this is back when I really was, I did count myself amongst a class of of men who date men. Um, And that really, it really was like a fucking men party. But there were at least like club That was also when I counted myself (laughs) as as a class of men who date men. Yes, not not multi-level marketing schemes, but uh, MLMs. Um, Yeah, but I I think I I remember really loving that party because, you know, we got to turn looks and like the the looks were like really, really good. But I think the venue is no longer called the Diamond Horseshoe. It's called like the Samsung Galaxy Arena or something stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah. like the yeah, George like, W. Bush concert hall yeah, or something like every, that. Yeah. Every iconic venue is slowly going to be turned into, you know, cryptocurrency.com or whatever. Like every single venue is getting like, you know, they get bought by an, a corporation with a really ugly name that you don't want to have to say all the time when you say, meet me at the ZocDoc, uh, you know, bar or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's why nightlife has changed so much because, like, at the time when I was working in nightlife and was throwing parties, it was a time when there were a lot of venues and there were all these DIY spaces that you could rent for a night if you, like, had, you know, a couple thousand dollars and you could throw, like, a disgusting you know, queer rave ad. And now, like, if you want to throw parties on that scale, like, they have to be a level of, like, corporatized. Yeah, and exactly. It's... And people getting paid, like, like club kids, like, submitting W-2s to get paid. And let me tell you, getting club kids to submit W-2s, I can tell you from experience, impossible. Getting a drag queen to fill out one single form, you you might as well, like, she might as well be dead. Like, it's, it's not gonna happen for you. Um, but that is, it really does, that's something that really sucks about nightlife, the gentrification of nightlife, the kind of collapse of financial infrastructure in nightlife is like in order to have like a really successful party, it has to either cater to white men or charge, you know, $35 to enter. And it's, and that sucks because like night people in nightlife deserve to make a living. This deserves to be a viable job and everyone gets, should be paid their due. Um, except for like the scammers and the abusers of which in nightlife there are many. Um, but like, I, I just, I don't know. It makes me depressed sometimes. Yeah. It really does come down to like, who has the ability to fund a space. And I guess at the time when I was throwing parties, It was just, like, a little easier to make that happen. But also when I think about it, like, the people who were, like, renting venues and, like, did it because they had some kind of capital or, like, some kind of hustle. Because there weren't a lot of, like, permanent venues. There was the Spectrum, which, you know, like... R.I.P. Went went through so many iterations. Um, Actually, I was going to say... I said rest in peace, but it's really more rest in chaos. Like, that... that Yeah. Unless you're doing it at a really big scale or, like, has some kind of, like, backers or whatever. It's really hard to make money in nightlife. I mean, trying to do Gorgeous Gorgeous, this party in L.A., which is, by the way, on the 10th at the Resident in downtown Los Angeles. You can get tickets, uh, you know, if you just check out my social. Like, this party, it involves so much planning from the four of us, um, DJ Louie, Lala, Omri, and myself. And yet, like we are barely breaking even because we want to pay talent and we want to pay hosts. Like everyone wants to be paid. And I fucking hate parties that don't pay people. Like there are still, especially in West Hollywood, parties that are like, 
literally not paying hosts, being like, you get two drink tickets and your name on a poster, and that's it. And it's like, it's like that is that's gross. That's gross. I know, and that hasn't changed since I was working in nightlife. No, and I start like I started throwing parties ten years ago. Yeah, I love the poppy juice model because I think when I hosted like a few prides ago, they paid me I think like three hundred dollars. Which is, like, a lot for a host, in my opinion. But, and also, like, they emailed me and they were like, you know, you don't have any responsibilities. Like, here's the poster assets, but, like, you don't have to, like, bring 20 people. We just want you to have fun. Like, your job is to show up and have fun and, like, you know, Oh, my God. The, the like, bringing people thing. The first party I ever hosted, we used to get paid per head of people that yes. brought to the scam, party. Scam, scam, scam. This is an MLM. Scam, scam, MLMs scam. and MLMs. MLM. Yeah, <laughs> totally an MLM. Both, and both there iterations were, of the There word. were nights when I, like, I only brought two people and, you know, so I would make, like, like $20. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever it was. I remember one night I hosted this Suzanne Barsh party <laughs> and I was there for literally 45 minutes and then I, like, went to her and was like, oh, because I had another party that I had to work that night and I was like, hey, babe, like, I have to go and she was like, oh, hold on, let me let me write you a check and then she had her assistant in the middle of the dance floor. She wrote me a check on her assistant's back <gasps> and gave it to me. Yeah. And I made, I made more in, like, 45 minutes of being in that party than I did, like, in a week at my full-time office job. That is iconic. It, it, that is, like, I love Suzanne Barr so much. Um, that reminds me of the SNL sketch, Checks. Do you know, with Sandra O oh and, oh my God, Rose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, yeah. written by Bowen and Julio. It's one of the funniest yes. SNL sketches of all time. Yes. It's like, checks. Uh, yes, well, Suzanne Barsh is very that Never energy. speak like, of this again, she still, said. She still pays everyone by check. She has an AOL email address. Of course. She lives at the Chelsea Hotel. Like That is the only person... Is- to this day, to live in the Chelsea Hotel. Because it used to be, like, an artist residency where a lot of different kind of yes. enclaves of, like, oh my God. people, like Maplethorpe and um, Patty Smith, etc. Yes, would live there. I actually um, had, like, a, an affair with someone who... Uh, and by affair, I mean, like, I picked someone up at Nowhere Bar okay. and, like, spent a night with him. Right, but that's um, an affair. Was, that's a Brooklyn affair, yeah. yeah. He was in town, like, he was a tourist, and he was staying at the Chelsea Hotel... And this was right after the summer that I read Just Kids. It was like such a quintessential New York experience. That book like, is so perfect. Picked, it is. I like picked this guy up. We went and got pizza. Uh, and then we went back to the Chelsea Hotel and fucked all night. Uh, and I was like, I am Patty Smith. I am Robert Maplethorpe. Uh, I am all. I am all. Oh my God. Okay, wait. You just dug up so much for me. I used to host this other party at Beauty in Essex. Do you remember that? play yeah it's like a if, i used to live around the corner from there. so non non-new yorkers beauty in essex is a speakeasy style um bar wherein you go through an instrument repair shop to a secret kind of bar that's like covered in red velvet it's very sexy and sleek but it's also like garbage and the worst people in manhattan thrive in beauty in essex and i would ascend this velvet staircase past a rope if you like you know said the name fran at the door and i remember i felt like so chic but it was all produced by who's this like serial like horrible person honestly a lot of party promoters are horrible people like i mean not to name drop people actually we can just we can we can bleep it but we'll bleep it out (laughs) from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip 
I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. You do start feeling when you work enough of those parties that like you like you understand that you are there to provide atmosphere for the people who are actually paying to be there or who are paying you to be there. And there is a very fine line of feeling very valued and very disposable. Like, I mean, this is like a, like totally stupid, whatever example, but at Holy Mountain, the lady fag party that I I hosted, like from the beginning of it, I don't know if you ever went, but it was at Slake and in the main room, the obsidian room, obsidian room, there was that booth in the back that like for the whole maybe like first year was where all the hosts hung out on that floor, you know, and it felt very like we were in there, like feeling fabulous, Mm -hmm. looking down on everybody Mm -hmm. and like would do drugs in there and like whatever. And then there was one night where Erica Jane no. Holy Mountain and Why? we got kicked and we got kicked out of the booth. And then from then on, it was like very clear that that booth was for actual VIPs and not to the people who were working the party. That fucking sucks. And that honestly is a testament to how ugly queer spaces can be when they prioritize people based on class or eliteness and not actually usually straight people yes. who are like coming in who are coming in to like do like a little safari moment where they're seeing the sights for the night. Um that booth at Holy Mountain ended one of my relationships. Literally. Really? Oh, yes. Wait, how so? So I dated this ballet dancer briefly. He is unfortunately one of, I think, six ballet dancers I have dated or hooked up oh, with, yeah, which is tight. honestly, like, that needs to be, I'm investigated. I mean, it just it's just that I like pretty, pretty girls. I love bone structure and huge thighs. But anyways, this guy was, like, he was rich. That's what I'll say. He was rich. 
He was young, so he was a brat. But he was hot and a ballet dancer, so I didn't care. And one time I was like, let's go to Holy Mountain. Um, But we didn't go together for whatever reason. I can't remember. I think he was coming with friends. And I wasn't hosting, but I had been invited to, like, sit at Amanda Lepore's table in the booth or whatever, the area where you, like, look down on the rest of the venue. And so when this guy came, I was already in the booth and looking down at people, and I texted him. I was like, come up to the booth, come up to the booth, like, let's hang, let's let's drink, and blah, blah, blah. And I was very in my zhuzh. And he never, ever came up at any point. Like, I would have been able to let him in. And I was like, wait, what's going on? And I was like, should I go down and find him? Like, I don't really, he wasn't really texting me back. And like, when I finally like met up with him, I think he was like, I'm leaving. And I was like, what? And so we went outside and proceeded to have like a cigarette infused argument. Oh God. About, yes. Been and there. like out, outside the bar, girl, we were both Tauruses, which is like a key component of like why this didn't work out. And he was like, you are up there in the booth, like fully just like in your zhuzh and like, you just think you're better than everyone else. And it was such a power play. And like, I felt it and like, blah, blah. And I was like, a power play, mama. Like, how insecure are you? That, but like, like also, you- I mean, it kind of was. <laughs> it's not a power play to say, come join me but in this no, VIP no, but space. You do, but I'm sure there was part of it that was like, I did get off on it. You, you I got wanted off on it. him to see you in that context of like but I, being the being a, a special person in this space but of course i do like why like what i need to feel bad about no that? i Anyways. i totally get that there was there is there was nothing more exhilarating to me than get arriving at a party yes. walking past the line yes, of people waiting yes, to get girl, inside yes. going up to the door person and saying hi i'm on the list or like Hi, I'm hosting tonight or like I'm working. It's the best feeling ever. I mean, the worst feeling ever is when you do that and your name isn't on the list. Oh my God. And you have to either like stand there and wait while they like confirm with someone or get turned away, which I mean, I would never has not, has not happened to me. I would never Um, take no for an answer. I would just argue until their resistance was weakened. Like I, I, I although that that did happen to me one time, but it was in Berlin. There was this, this party that I was going to with a bunch of locals and they all got in because they were friends with the door girl. And I, because I was like the tourist, I did, I like didn't know them while I like had met them through friends of friends. And Berlin is very like, not that kind of city. Like, they make people wait. Yeah, they um, do. And so they all got in, and I had to wait in line. Oof. And, like, I eventually got to cut the line, but I did wait for, like, two hours. I mean, everyone else waited for, like, five hours. But it was humiliating. <laughs> I. It reminds me, honestly, of the Madonna party at the Boom Boom Room that kicked off Pride last summer, which is too long of a story for me to tell now, but maybe I'll tell it for a future for a future key. Because I do actually have to tell you about what I did last night and why I am severely hungover right now. Okay, wait, let, I, I do want to... One thing, though, is when you are working the door, which I have done on and off a door. couple times. I've never done that before. I, I used to fill in for... Um, for Amy at the door at Westgate occasionally. And the one night I did was the the night that Azalea Banks performed at Westgate. Oh my God. So the when, worst people on the planet are coming. No, to- but, uh, but girl, that night was the night I was taking bribes to get in. Ah! 
And I made, on top of what I was getting paid to work the door, I made like $400 that <laughs> in bribes of people who just what? wanted to get in and cut the line. That's iconic. That's And then I and then I got to like go upstairs to the booth and watch Azalea. What's a, what's a good bribe? Like 20 bucks? 50 bucks? Um, 50 was like the baseline. That's what I was going to say. I feel like it would have to be 50. Um, okay. Um, that is iconic. Azalea Banks does draw some really, some really, um, terrifying crowds as someone who's been in multiple Azalea Banks crowds before. Um, but I have to tell you, okay, so last night I went to this coach party, which was at the monster. Do you remember the monster? Yes, I have, (laughs) I have spent... A few, quite a few um, nights that I would, I would rather <laughs> yeah. forget. It's there. a, it's a really, I really love it, um, but it is kind of a, a lost, dingy, uh, gay dive bar <laughs> in the Greenwich the last, Village. The last time I was at the Monster was when I performed <laughs> the Cell Block Tango from Chicago with Charlene, not Charlene, um, Slater, G String, and um, Amber Alert, and a couple other girls. That we, sounds like, amazing. We had like. We had done it one night at straight acting, I think, and then like kind of toured it around a few different parties. <laughs> Not we tour. Did it, we, did, we did it at the Monster. We did it at the party that Frankie Sharp used to throw at the Jane. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Anyway. That's so, wait, wait, wait. That's so funny. I, um, I, wait, I have to know though. I think We're, I have some video of it. If I, if I still have it on my phone, I uh, will send it to okay, you. Okay, I'm dying to see. I have to know, were you, were you Pop? Were you Cicero? Were you Lipschitz? I don't actually remember who Rose, how can you not remember? This no, is like, I, I don't know, but I will, I, will, I will find it and send it to you. And then he ran into my knife. That would be you. That's my guess. No, I don't think that was me. I think I was, I was, I was not... Velma, because that was Char, obviously. Obviously. Um, well, we'll figure I, it out. We'll figure it yeah, out. We'll figure it out. Um, okay. Uh, like, so, yeah, the coach had it. It was, like, in collaboration with the monster, which I think is cool. It's, like, a historic queer bar. And Daniel Rasmussen, who did the PR for this, like, pulled the most amazing crowd for this coach party. And like, I, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a fashion girl. So I kind of had low expectations for it. I was like, oh, you know, if I'm invited, like, then I don't know who's going to be there. It was like everyone. It was like everyone who organized Brooklyn Liberation with me. It was the cast of Fire Island. It, Raja was there. I, and when I walked in, I immediately saw Mark Jacobs. Like, it was just like the who's who of like New York queer scenes and like um, Aquaria DJ'd. Um, as well as Oscar Enya from Poppy Juice. And there was a performance by Saucy Santana, which was so good. But Rose... That's cool. I got blitzed. And I don't know why, but I was like, I'm going to drink champagne tonight because, like, champagne is on the open bar. And I'm guzzling champagne. At some point, someone hands me extra glasses of champagne. I walked away from the bar with two glasses every time because it was so difficult to get to the bar. And I got so, so smashed... At a certain point of the night, a neon sign caught on fire because of some of the tinsel that was behind it. And Willie Norris, <laughs> Willie Norris takes out, everyone's like throwing water on it. We're all faggots. So we like don't know what to do. We're like, how do we fix this fire? The thing's on fire. Oh my God. And Willie Norris comes out of nowhere with an extinguisher, gla- like full glam, like putting this fucking fire out. I'm still looking for footage of it. If, any- if anybody can find footage and send it to me. Um, but like, my God, like this party was crazy and unfortunately matt fucking rogers was like let's do shots rose 
why did I do shots? Matt Rogers, why did you make us do shots? I'm very angry about this because putting a shot on top of a belly of champagne is basically does me in. I'm out for the night. My stomach just turned. (laughs) I do not remember the rest of the night, but I remember having a ton of fun. But unfortunately, I did have sex planned after this party. Um, with someone, with like a, a an ex who I have like a really wonderful relationship with now. And um, I basically like, I, I like called them or voice memo or I don't even remember, but I was just like, just a fair warning, I'm blitzed. Like, I'm so sorry. I did not plan to be this drunk. And I was so drunk that we couldn't have sex. I literally was incapable. And it was, I mean, we know each other well enough that it was fine, but I was still embarrassed. And I was like, God, like this... This sucks. And also, while I was blitzed, I don't know why they did this, but, like, while I was, like, shit-faced on my bed and we're, like, talking and, like, laughing about, like, how drunk I am and how we can't even hook up, they decided to take that moment to be like, hey, you subtweeted me the other day and it really bothered me and here's why it hurt my feelings. And I was like, no! no. I was like, because it, I, I was, like, it was something that I shouldn't have done. It was it was, it was not it was not a nice thing to tweet. Um, but, <laughs> but they brought it up in that moment. And also, they don't have Twitter, so I didn't think they were ever going to see but that someone sent it to them which is like don't be a fucking cop sorry um but they literally were like um it hurt my feelings and i was like i you know want to do right by you and i want to be accountable for my behavior but not in this state of mind i am in right now please i mean that's what happens when you're that fucked up is you go from fucking to processing like immediately From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
Well, I think since we've been, you know, catching up and being a little more personal, a little more vulnerable, why don't we, like, try telling each other a secret? A secret? Oh, yes. I think we, yes. we should try and do a little game of truth or truth when we do these little keys. Yes. And if I'm telling the truth, these secrets were actually prepared by producer Phoebe as we've been <laughs> Who talking. wrote some really juicy questions. Yeah, some of which we absolutely will not be answering when there is a microphone recording our responses. And some of which are a drag. Like, many of them are a read in and of themselves. (laughs) Yes. I do feel like we are being live subtweeted by Phoebe. (laughs) Um, As we often are while we record. As it should be. Yeah, so, so, yeah, friend, which of these questions do you want to answer? Well, one of them is... uh... As people with public personalities, what is your favorite thing you lie about to your followers? (laughs) Which is like... now they're gonna know. (laughs) But the thing about podcasting is, like, this stuff never, like, you know, catches fire, like, gets transcribed. And so we can say anything we want, and honestly, no one will ever know about it except for the, you know, small, select people, group of people that listen to this pod. Okay, I'm gonna have kind of um, a boring answer. Okay. Because it's not a lie. I feel like I'm actually pretty honest with the way I present myself online. Except maybe, like, the lie of, like, Facetune, which I don't use anymore. Mm -hmm. But I think I try to engage with social media in a way that feels very, like, I don't care about any of this. Like, I could take this or leave this. I could delete my Twitter tomorrow. Um, When, in fact, like, I actually receive a lot of validation from the attention I get on social media. And so, like, the casualness of it is the lie. Can we talk about this for a second? Because when we spent a few New Year's ago together, you know, before we went to this, like, random party, we were laying in bed and you showed me, like, at the time, how you, like, photoshopped your photos. And my jaw dropped. I was like, what have I been missing out on this whole time? Because I, you know, used to Photoshop my photos a lot too. And now I don't, but I had never used Facetune before or whatever app that was. It was like really like... It was Facetune. It was a lot. I know. I was a really heavy handed Facetune user. And like... But nothing you edited looked unnatural. It looked... The photo always looked amazing. It was really like I wanted to look the way that I looked if I took like the perfect photo of myself or you know just like twisting the things that I don't like about my face or like whatever and it was also at a time when I was just like posting a lot more was like much more visible on social media and now you're back to being visible so maybe it's uh, but your but your thirst traps are one upped now you don't have to use the facetune I don't post like that anymore, so I don't find myself needing to use Facetune. But then again, like, that is the lie. Like, I I do want the validation that comes from posting a lot, but I am, like, so cognizant of wanting to do this performance of, like, not caring about social media. But, like, to be fair, we both have very low self-esteem. Like, we have, we're very insecure. Or that rather, is true. I'll speak for myself, at least. Like, I'm very insecure, and, like, I, you know, a lot of this is reparative work, okay? I'm, like, trying to grab the compliments that, like, you know, to make up for lost time of, like, telling myself that I was ugly for, like, you know, 20 years or whatever, 30 years. And I feel like 
Um, I mean, I luckily don't Photoshop anymore either, but I used to like make my ass bigger, which is so <laughs> embarrassing. Okay, James Charles. It's so, but Abby, I mean, James Charles doesn't need Photoshop, but you know, she she's she's got the the real deal. I mean, real in air quotes. Um, but like, I I mean, now my ass. You are it, obsessed with James Charles. I am. I am. I, I am. I won't stop talking about her. Um, but like, I literally, him. <laughs> yeah, him say his name. Yeah. So what's what's your lie? Oh, to your followers. I mean, honestly, I this is like a white lie, and I think it's relatable. I think a lot of people do this, but like I always say, like I'm from Chicago, but the realty is I was born on the south side of Chicago, which is Chicago, Chicago. But then, like when I was five or six, my parents moved into a suburb. That's and so boring. It's so Fran. boring. I told okay, you. Can we- can we can we each tell each other what we think the answer should be? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure, okay. sure. So, my, the lie that I think is that you are not as nice as you present on social oh, media. That's and a good I one. mean that and I mean that as a compliment. It is a compliment. But you are you are fucking queer mother Teresa on social <laughs> media. You are hey babies. I love you so much. You are holding space for everyone, and you are not that nice. Girl. I am not. I girl. love you. I, I give it to I you love straight. You. you are my sister, but you you are much. You are, <laughs> and this is again. I mean this as a compliment. You are much meaner IRL than you than you present online. I take that as a compliment, and I will own it because with my friends, I'm a very tough lover. I'm very direct. I don't spend a lot of time coddling. I just tell you how it is. If you are coming to me to vent, I'm usually not the right person to do it. I'm like, let's problem solve. You know what I mean? Um, But if I don't know you, God help you. Like, I don't have a poker face. So I immediately turn off if I'm not interested in a conversation with you. And it's very apparent that, like, I don't care about this conversation. Um, And I also just, like, if someone crosses me, like, I have no problem being like, "Um, excuse me, I'm worth more. You know? Um, but yeah, as you should, as I should, but yes, it's, okay, so I, what, what do you com- think? What do you think my lie is? I think your lie, <laughs> I think your lie is that all your tweets are sublime moments of genius that happen on the spot when in reality you test drive them on me first. <laughs> I, I, I definitely do test drive a point of them. A lot, I, 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 a lot of things I tweet are things that I say in real life. And then if someone laughs at them, I'm like, oh, I should tweet that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I experience that a lot. Like I'll be, you know, I'll do my kind of my semi-regular like check-in on your Twitter and I'll be scrolling and I'll be like, oh yeah, Rose said that to me the other day. So I guess it makes sense. That but you know, like it's, it works out for me because as you know, I forget absolutely yes, everything I say to you as yes. soon as I say it. So to me, when I'm tweeting these things, they're brand new. It's really just a journal, a diary of sorts. You yeah. Know, just making sure that you can don't archive. Think, I don't think I'm lying by tweeting things. Like, it's not like I'm saying, oh, I just had, it's not like every tweet I have, I, I preface it by saying, oh, I just had this amazing thought for the first time and I can't wait to share it with all 44,000 of you who follow me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Wow. Well, now that we've exposed each other, I feel like this has exposed. been, yeah, Rose and Fran, exposed. So we just asked each other this, you know, like extremely personal question, just tried to expose each other, ask a secret. Um, for the next cu- the next couple of weeks as we're doing these, you know, girls are girling episodes, if you have a question that you want to ask us, want us to ask each other, something very vulnerable, personal vulnerable on main, um, slide into our DMs at like a virgin for 2069 
um, and you know, pitch some questions, and yeah. maybe we will answer them on air. And as always, please, you know, follow our Finsta, um, follow us um, at Rose Domu. And you can follow me at Fran Squishco anywhere you want. Much thanks to our producer, Phoebe, who really took in stride that we decided, hey, let's do four extra episodes this month um, <laughs> and create more work for you. And of course, um, thank you everyone at iHeart. This is an iHeart Media production. Happy Pride. Thank you, Corporation. Bye, gay. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.